The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson here on the Hump Day edition. It looks like I've got internet service again. The little symbol on the computer shows that. The light on the gateway box is green now instead of red. They've left here. They believe they've resolved the issue. Let's hope so. It's been a frustrating stretch, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Can't watch Netflix. Having to live like a savage. Difficult to post content. Having to run up uh, data usage on the phone. First world problems, though, right? A lot of people out there suffering with a lot more uh, difficult things than I am. So glad to be back. I, and I, I'm an addict, too. I don't know if you guys know this. I'm an addict. And it's not as simple as simple as, uh, not quite as simple, maybe I should say it correctly, as, uh, hey, you know, you get off drugs and alcohol and then the addictive personality leaves you. That's just not the case for me anyway. Maybe other people have recovered from that. But uh, I am a very routine-oriented person. Once I kind of put a plan in place, I stick to the plan. And so when all these odd recording dates and, you know, not being able to post content and having to run around and try to figure things out, it's just, you know, it's, it's difficult. It stresses me out. I don't sleep well. So hopefully I'll sleep well tonight. Probably stay up late and watch a little Netflix. Uh, so I'll be leaving tomorrow. I'll be out of town. and But I will bring the microphone with me to record the plan is to record Friday's show Thursday night. That's the plan. I had a full day on Friday. I got a meeting. It was supposed to be tomorrow night. It's been pushed back till Friday morning. I got a meeting in Atlanta that I'll be in Columbia, South Carolina Friday evening. And then headed back to God's country on Saturday. So we'll be out a little bit, but I'm going to get you your show. And I appreciate your patience. As you, know, you guys know you can always count on me Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And some days it's later than I want it to be. But we get the show done, but um, <clears throat> so we'll get back on track now. But uh, looking forward to getting out and seeing some fine folks uh, here in the next couple of days and then uh, getting back home. And then I don't think I'm going to travel again for a while. And I always say that and something pops up. There'll be a great show or something or there'll be a friend having some event. And I know that I'm going to go to Martin's next month and see uh, my buddy Craig Carter's son Wiley's band, band called Twist. 
They had their debut show at legendary How and Mouse last week, and I was supposed to be there, but because of this internet stuff, I had to be here to deal with the tech on Friday. So I missed the show, and then they didn't fix the problem long term. And so here we are. But uh, looking forward to going and seeing those guys. We used to have a great rock music scene here in the state of Mississippi. You guys remember Flinghammer, right? You didn't think you'd tune in today and hear about Flinghammer. But here we are. Corey, all those guys were fantastic. Thought those guys were going to take off. You know, we had that CD, too. I got it around here somewhere called Mississippi's Dreamin'. You remember that? You got to be real old school to remember that. And I'm from the 1900s, right? So I remember those things. We had this CD. I don't know who put it together. It was fabulous. And it was a lot of great bands in Mississippi that either had ties to Mississippi or were based in Mississippi. All contributed one song. And they put this compilation CD together trying to help everybody get record deals. And it's great. I don't remember the name of the band. It was a little more laid back than I usually listen to. But the chorus of the song was... Let's ride down Highway 49, man. I, I can hear it. It's like, I don't even know who sang it. It was so great. But we used to have a great rock scene here in Mississippi. We did. And years ago, my friend and former guitarist for a short while, Clay Pittman, was part of Mississippi Music's Best Guitarist in Mississippi contest. You remember that? We're going old school here. And so Clay competed at uh, at Sharky Shuck and Jow. They had the big contest there. And Clay, I think, made the finals of the statewide competition but didn't win it. I don't know who won it. But whoever did win it, I remember Clay said the guy deserved it. And they got some gear from PV and things like that. And it was incredible. So we don't have that anymore. So I'm happy to see some new blood. And I'm going to get out and support them. I encourage you to support them. You know, we've had some good bands in recent years. Of course, you know, Bishop Gunn from Natchez and Magnolia Bayou down there from Gulfport. You know, and so they're not maybe rock, but they're still good. Magnolia Bayou does uh, a Black Sabbath set, too. So they've got some rock vibes with them. So I love live music, and I love supporting our up-and-coming artists from the state of Mississippi. And I don't really care about their college affiliation. Not when it comes to music. It's a little different deal. It's a different community. None of that stuff matters as much. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. So happy to be with you today. we got a lot to talk about. I told you guys I had a big meeting yesterday. We're going to talk about that in the next segment of the show. Trying to get you guys some information to give you a better sense of understanding about how we're doing this NIL thing at Mississippi State. You know, It's not Mississippi State affiliated, but uh, it is a program that's been put together by Mississippi State folks to kind of help with uh, NIL. So we're going to talk about that. I got a lot of my own questions answered, and I want to share some information with you because I know many of you are like, Steve, I don't even know what any of this stuff means. I read about it. I, you know, we talk about it. I hear about it. I don't know what it really means. And so I'm going to do my best to kind of explain to you how this is going to work and how you can take part in this and how you can be part of the solution when it comes to all this. We're going to talk about that here shortly. But before we do, Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. I love them. They love me. They love you, too. Even though I loved them before they loved me. They didn't know who I was, I don't think. Maybe they did. But we now have this raging love affair. I have been on the, the Sloppy Joe Sliders kick again. You know, because, you know, a lot of times it's just me. And so 
when I'm in a hurry for lunch, I want something filling, but not too filling, not overbearing, you know, especially in this heat, right? You don't want to get a, too big a stomach, too full stomach with all this heat. But I've been on that Sloppy Joe Sliders kick. I think it is a great portion of food. And, of course, you get the fries, you get the onion rings. And I do love the onion rings. It's weird. I don't like uncooked onions, but I love onion rings. It's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. I'm in a riddle inside of an enigma. Great onion rings there at Bulldog Burger Company. And those portions are so incredibly outstanding. It's like when we go, I don't ever see anybody clean a plate. They get full. They eat a lot. They get more than their money's worth. But it's usually you're leaving something a little bit extra. I try to package it all up and bring it home. At least my dogs can have some french fries, right? Got to watch your cholesterol, I guess. But uh, my point being, it is a great place to eat. The food is always spectacular. I had somebody yesterday. I was talking to about uh, some potential advertising. I said, you know what, Steve, I listened to the show, and I've even tried the, the pimentology. They had a little difficulty saying it. But piment- pimentology add bacon is probably my favorite on the menu. So go by and check that out. It'll put some hair on your chest now. You put bacon on anything, it makes it better, right? Be sure and go check them out now. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive here in Star Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, and the newest one, Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Be sure and go check them out today. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, so I sat down yesterday and I broke bread with some friends that are involved with the Bulldog Initiative. No, Steve, what's the Bulldog Initiative? Well, it's our NIL you know, collective, I guess what you would call it. You know, But the Bulldog Initiative is basically in place to help with NIL issues at Mississippi State. Now, you read a lot of this stuff on the Internet, and you know it's really like they exaggerate the differences, right? You only hear about, oh, this kid's getting $9 million to go to Miami to play quarterback, and I, and I still don't believe that. But you hear about that, and I think in many respects, people look at that and say, you know what, Steve? We're never going to be able to compete at that level, so why even bother? Well, that's, that's the wrong line of thinking, in my opinion. It's very wrong. And so before we even go any further, before I lose you, those of you that are anti-NIL, I was not anti-NIL in the format that it was originally presented to us. You remember that? You're going to have uh, you know, your quarterback go out there and do a, an ad for the local car dealership? You know, your players are going to be able to make some money off the sale of their jersey? That sort of stuff? You know, what we've got is a lot different deal. But here's the deal. We don't get a do-over. Now, at some point, there will be some legislation and protocols put in place to kind of give some, some greater parameters to this deal. But we've got to swim in the water in which we live until that time comes. But many people are like, Steve, you know, hey, I don't believe in NIL. Well, it's, as my friend said yesterday, it's kind of like gravity. Whether you believe in it or not, it's here. It's here. And, and if, you, if you're anti-NIL, in many respects, you're kind of hindering Mississippi State's ability to compete. And maybe you didn't tune in today to hear that, but that's the reality of the situation. You say, you know what, I don't believe in NIL. Okay, cool. we got to work with the people that do. Because our opponents, they believe in NIL. They do. And for a while there, they were a lot more organized than us. And after having this meeting yesterday, and listen, I, I've been very 
positive about the Bulldog Initiative since I have learned about it and learned about some of the individuals that are involved. But after having a chance to sit down and get my questions answered and hear some things that maybe I didn't expect to, I wanted to spend some time on our show to kind of pass that along to you. So I'm not going to mention any players' names because it's really none of your business, right? But some of your favorite players on your Mississippi State football team, some, are still here because of name, image, and likeness. Oh, but Steve, they all love Mississippi State. That's true. They do. And how many relationships have you been in? You're like, well, I love this person, but I'm not getting the benefit out of the relationship that I hoped. So I got to move on. I got to get my needs met. And so there are a lot of those people out there, you know, there's widespread tampering. I don't care what anybody says or does. It's, it's rampant. It's almost impossible to police it. And so there have been some players that were contacted through third parties about going into the portal. And they really didn't want to go. But at the same time, too, it's like, yeah, I really don't want to go, but I got a possibility to make X number of dollars if I go in the portal and go here. You know, my parents could use that money, or you know, perhaps I've got a, a jalopy of a car. I, you know, I need to have you know suitable transportation. Maybe I don't have any nice clothes outside of my team issued gear. I mean, it'd be nice to have some money in my pocket. That's the case for all of us. And it's like, hey, I tell you what. So don't go in the portal. Stay here, and we'll get you X amount of dollars. And that that's happened, and it's legal. And that's one of the concerns that I hear from talking to some of you is like, Steve, I, listen. I would love to get involved with this. I would love for our business to have a spokesperson affiliated with Mississippi State. But I don't want to be in a situation where we have done something improper and the Mississippi State is investigated for an NCAA violation and then my business is in the middle of that. You know what? That's a fair concern. And that's why it's probably best to deal with the Bulldog Initiative because you've got a little bit of a you know, two degrees of separation there. You're dealing with them. They're dealing directly with the student-athletes. And these folks are in compliance with NCAA bylaws and in the good graces of Mississippi State. So they're not going to do things that are going to be detrimental to Mississippi State. So if you are thinking, hey, I'd like to do this, like to have my business involved, the Bulldog Initiative can give you a little bit of, of insulation from any of that. Now, we've got great people in our compliance department at Mississippi State. And if you're well-intended with what you do and you contact, you know, Steve Smith there in the compliance office, they're going to tell you what to do. They're not going to let you get in trouble as long as you do what they tell you to do. But if you want to go through that process, you can do that. Or you can just contact the Bulldog Initiative and say, hey, listen, I really don't want to have to have all these meetings and answer all these questions. I just need to get this player uh, signed to a deal and do an ad for us or take a picture for us or be a social media influencer for us, and then they'll take care of the rest. Now, many of you also would say, you know what, Steve, I am a bulldog at heart, but my business is not. While we are a bulldog on business, we want to sell to both sides of the aisle. We, we don't want to just, hey, go out there and do a, a, an ad just with a Mississippi State student athlete because all of a sudden, Maybe our old Miss clients would say, well, hey, they're not doing anything to help our student-athletes. You know what? There's even a provision to do that, too. You can say, hey, I want to spend you know X number of dollars and have advertising. Uh, the folks at the Bulldog Initiative, there is also a company that they partner with that if you'd like to have an ad with a Bulldog, Bulldog with a Golden Eagle, or an ad with a Rebel, you can do that, too. 
So it's not just you kind of drawing a line in the sand with your business. And let's be honest, I mean, in this state, even though you may be a bulldog on business, do you want to be out there? You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like you don't want your business choosing a side. It's a principles before personalities deal, right? You may hate Ole Miss, but at the same time, too, you want to sell to them. You want your business to be frequented by them. So you can have that as an option, too. There are a lot of other people, too, that believe, well, it's somebody else's responsibility. You know, the university should be paying this money. Well, the university can't. The university can't pay that money because that is an NCAA violation. That would be considered an impermissible benefit. So the university can't organize. They said, but Steve, they got $975 million from ESPN last year. Why can't they cut the check? Because it's, it's improper. You can't do it. It's against the rules. So you mean to tell me that these third parties can't? Yes, I, that's exactly what I'm telling you, because that's what the NIL legislation affords. And there are a lot of people, too, that are sitting around thinking, hey, well, you know, Richard Atkerson will write us a check. I mean, how many checks is he going to write for us? Guy's been incredibly generous to Mississippi State. We wouldn't have a lot of things that we have today if it wasn't for Richard Ackerson, Mickey Holloman, you know, the Bryan family. You know, but how, you know, at some point, we've got to decide, you know what, hey, I don't need those people footing the bill all the time. Let me contribute a little bit too. That's an important part of this. And some of you are saying, you know what, Steve, I'd be happy to contribute, but I don't know how. I don't know what to do. So you go to the bulldoginitiative.com. You go to the website. Let me make sure I have that right. Yeah, it's bulldoginitiative.com. They're on Twitter, social media, all the good stuff. And you can set up recurring payments. You can say, you know what, Steve, I could probably give $1,000 a year. You know what, that'd be, that'd be incredible. And thank you for doing so. Well, you can take it out 100 bucks or so a month. You can do it. Just go in there and say, here's here's $1,000. And one of the cool things about it is, is you can prioritize the sport you'd like to utilize. You say, you know what, hey, my granddaughter plays women's golf at Mississippi State. I'd like to be able to support them. You know what? You absolutely can. You can say, you know what? I want to give $1,000, and I want it to all go to women's golf. Or my niece plays volleyball at Mississippi State. I'd like to give a couple hundred dollars to help Coach Darty and them. So cool. You go in there and put your 200 bucks, you pick volleyball. And then the Bulldog Initiative will, will figure that out. They will get with your coaches and figure out what's the best way to get it spent. And, and what Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to NerdWallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year, managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup, putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let Nerd Wallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you 
Well, thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Whether it be about players or whether it be about, you know, other things, you know, the bottom line is, is that this is a situation here where you have an opportunity to contribute to Mississippi State success. And Steve, Steve, about tickets. And we do. We thank you for that. And Steve, I give money to Bulldog Club. Yes, you do. And thank you for that. And so this is going to be on top of that. I'm just going to be shoot you straight. This is on top of it. Now, the cool thing is you can say, you know what, maybe – Maybe I can't just write a check today for a thousand bucks. So you go to bulldoginitiative.com, and I'm going to do that while we're on the phone because I'm going to wall on the phone on on the show here. And so you pull it up, and it says Bulldog Initiative, and it's got this great little splash screen, and it shows Will Rogers and Luke Hancock, and um, you know some of our student athletes, and then it explains a little bit about athletes. Those are the ones that have signed with the initiative, uh, and and so far there are a handful. You got Maddie Anderson, goalkeeper, Luke Hancock, Anastasia Hayes, Hunter Hines, Jed Johnson, Jaquilia Jordan, Will Rogers, Tolu Smith, Rebecca Walk from, uh, I guess it's volleyball, and uh, Nathaniel Watson and Tyrus Wheat. So you have those athletes that are already a part of the initiative. There will be more. And then when you get to about kind of what we do and who we are. It explains all of this in, in much greater detail than I can do it. But it's a very easy-to-navigate website. And so let me give you kind of the brief thing here for what we do. The Bulldog Initiative LLC supports Mississippi State University student-athletes by assisting them in monetizing their name, image, and likeness rights. In pursuing these goals, the Bulldog Initiative engages directly with select MSU student-athletes and works to connect those athletes with outside marketing opportunities. Whether you are an individual looking to support MSU student-athletes or a business hoping to take advantage of a cost-effective opportunity to use Bulldog athletes in your marketing efforts, we have opportunities for you to join the initiative. The Bulldog initiative operates in compliance with NCAA policy and the laws of the state of Mississippi.
It's very important. Very, very important. So you go to the website, and at the bottom there, at the top and the bottom, there's a tab that says support the initiative. And that's where you come in. And here's the deal, too. I think it's important to understand this. No, um, no donation is too small. None. I learned yesterday that we have some new alums, people that have graduated and already gotten their job. And so, you know what? Hey, I can give 25 bucks a month. That's all I can do. I'll set it up, and I'll pay 25 bucks a month. And you say, well, Steve, you know, over the course of a year, that's just $300. That's what they can afford to do. And all of a sudden, if you have maybe 100 of those folks, you start putting that money together. Well, wait a minute. Now we've got 30 grand. And so all of it matters. All of it matters. So you go to the support the initiative, and uh, down at the bottom, there are four tabs. They're important. Donate monthly. Donate quarterly, donate annually. And then there's manage my existing account. So you can go in there and you can decrease your annual or your monthly or quarter donation, or you can increase it. And so let's click on donate monthly. Because maybe that's the best thing for you to do. And you can log in there. You put your, uh, your email address in there and you kind of get going. So I've plugged in my email address. I hit the continue button here. And then there's all this stuff here. There's a monthly plan application. Bulldogs Initiative Monthly Plan allows participants to select a monthly contribution that will automatically renew until they cancel by the participant through the member portal or emailing info at bulldog.ms. So you put all your information in, and most of it's going to auto-populate, and you set up monthly, quarterly, or annual donations. And you can say, but Steve, I can only give 100 bucks a year. Okay, well, then go in there and then make your, your donation there and be done with it. You can do that by Venmo. And if you scroll down the page on the Support the Initiative page, you just hold your phone up there, and then you can just send your 100 bucks. So I am not one that gets on here and begs for money. You know, we'll sell some products from time to time. But this is not about me. This is not about Mississippi State, per se. This is about your student-athletes. And it's not just about recruiting. That's what makes the headlines, is recruiting. Oh, well, this guy's getting an NIL deal. Well, you know, in some respects, most of them are. But it's also about player retention. Now, the circumstances are a little different. But, like, Malik Heath has transferred from Mississippi State to Ole Miss. And uh, I believe he's enrolled up there now. And so how difficult is that going to be? Now, Malik didn't leave because of NIL stuff. He didn't. But how difficult is it going to be to watch a you know, former Mississippi State player play against us? You can say, but yeah, Steve, I mean, Malik went through senior day and he was ready to get out of here. That's not the point. How awkward is that going to be? And what's it going to be like when you see a former player you know, score the game-running touchdown against us because you don't believe in NIL? Well, I don't believe in it, Steve. Okay, touchdown Rebels. They, they walk off with a trophy with our dude. How are you going to fill then? Are you going to wait for that to happen to get involved? I suggest probably not. And again, no donation is too small. Listen, we'd love to have a bunch of people say, you know what, Steve, I'm a firm believer. You're talking me into it. How about $100,000? You know what? Cool. You can contact them. They'll facilitate that for you. But this is a chance for everybody to get involved. Now, I'm not going to sit around waiting for Mickey Holloman and those guys, you know. They're going to make their contributions. Are you? 
So I'm not here sitting here trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just trying to make sure you understand here how this thing works. Go to the website, set up your contributions. It's very easy to navigate, and it's very, very important. I do think eventually that we're going to have some changes in this. They'll probably set up a collective bargaining agreement. Everybody will unionize, but that's probably years away. In the meantime, we got to kind of you know, tread water here as best we can. Now, we're doing okay with NIL, but we, we need a lot of help, and that's where you come in. You know, maybe it's a couple hundred dollars a year. Maybe that's what it is. Which, if you give a couple hundred, then Joe gives a couple hundred, Mike gives a couple hundred. You know, it, it, you can see how it all begins to add up. And so, you know what, Steve? I, I, I'm just not an, a wealthy person, but I love Mississippi State, and I want to be able to give what I can. They told me yesterday that they've had one for $10, $10 a month. Now, to that person, that $10 is probably a lot. You know, to you or me, it's not. But think about how rewarding it is to be involved in all this and say, you know what, hey, I'm doing this for the betterment of our program. I didn't know that I fully understood how important NIL was for player retention. And maybe I'm naive in that respect. And maybe I'm not alone. I thought really NIL was being used primarily, you know, to get, you know, when recruits get here, because, you know, the state, the state of Mississippi now, you can sign NIL deals once you commit. It's a lot different than it was. And thankful for our legislators for doing that. Now the NIL can be a part of the, you know, the process for our student athletes as they enter our Bulldog family. But all that said, it's not supposed to be part of the recruiting process. It is. Our folks are trying to do things the right way. You can rest assured in that. It's one of the reasons we have an attorney kind of heading this thing up, and Charlie Winfield's efforts are tireless. Charlie basically has run this as his own business just to make sure it gets up and running. And we need good Bulldogs like Charlie. And say, so you know what? Instead of waiting around for somebody to do it, let's hey, let's get everybody together. Let's let's have, let's break bread here and say, you know what? We've got to act. We can't wait for somebody else to act. And there have been some other initiatives, other people have gotten involved and tried to do some things. And you know, one of them really never really got off the ground. It was very good in theory. It's no longer available. There's some other ones out there, but this is this is the big one. I think everybody's intentions are good. Uh, I think it's also important to note, too, that this is one, too, where you don't have a lot of money coming off the top. Like, there's obviously some operating expenses for the Bulldog Initiative, but, you know, there have been some other ones out there. It's like 20, 25, even 30%, like, comes off, like the agent or whoever takes that off the money that your student athlete would receive. It's a little different deal here. So... Uh, the people involved in the Bulldog Initiative, yeah, they're trying to make a little money. But they're trying to make a living, not make a killing. And they're not trying to exploit our student-athletes in the process. And so go to bulldoginitiative.com and look around. I know some of you are thinking, but Steve, I, you know, it's just so much. There's always this, yeah, you know, what if, what if we didn't get Starbucks once a week? Say, oh, yeah, maybe, I'm, maybe I'll cut back on that. Maybe I'll eat out one day less a week. Maybe I'll bring, start bringing my lunch a little bit, you know. Again, I can't tell you how to live, but I can tell you the importance of the Bulldog Initiative. And again, the website is up. You can go check it out yourself. If you got questions, there's a contact form that you can send, uh, and they'll talk to you on the phone. And there's so many people, too, that are so interested. 
Like, what's it all about? And then, like, they get the big spiel, and then they don't contribute. You know, and that's your right, too. But the reality of it is, if you're going to contact them, let's not contact them and say, hey, I don't believe in NIL. Okay, that's a waste of your time and their time. So let's not do that. And let's not contact them and say, I have some questions, and uh, you get your questions answered. And it's like, oh, okay. I just wanted my curiosity satisfied. If you're serious about Mississippi State sports and you're serious about ensuring that your coaches are able to retain players, you know, because I've been told, you know, it's going to take us probably hundreds of thousands of dollars to retain a baseball team. You know, when you have guys that are draft eligible, right? This is the world in which we live. I don't like it. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't like it. It's not about what I like, though. It's about what I'm willing to accept. And I accept the fact that NIL is here to stay, at least for a while. And now we have a conduit to contribute and be a part of this. You're not going to get a sticker, right? It's not going to be a newsletter that comes out. There's not going to be a banquet at the end of the year where somebody hands you a certificate and thanks you for your contribution. You're doing it because you love Mississippi State. I was told that one donor has uh, recently said, you know, we'll give you $100,000. Okay, well, how do you want it spent? Don't care. Just believe in Mississippi State. Here's hundred grand. i will see you next year. That's not most of us. It's true. And I think that there has been this perception that, hey, you know, because it was going to be dealt with businesses, there was just no way me as a local Bulldog employee, maybe I'm just like an unskilled laborer, I don't own a business. I've got a love for Mississippi State. I don't have a lot of money. But I want Mississippi State to be successful. This is your chance to be involved in all that. And, again, it doesn't matter how, how cheap it is, whether it's 25 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, whatever. I, I submit that most Bulldog fans, most – not everybody, so I'm not, I'm not being critical. I would suggest that most Bulldog fans could give $1,000 a year. You say, Steve, you don't know our finances. No, I don't, but I suspect most of us could do that. And many of us could write a check right now for 1000 bucks. But maybe if you couldn't do that, maybe you could write one for 90 bucks, 85 bucks, 100 bucks, and set that up to draft monthly out of your checking account. Maybe you could do that. Maybe you don't want to do that, but you could. And I'm going to encourage you to do that. So, again, if you have questions, go to the Contact Us form on the Bulldog Initiative. Again, it's bulldoginitiative.com. I've tweeted it out. You can Google it. You can find it. It's, uh, it's pinned to topofjeanspage.com. If you hadn't been over there, uh, to go check it out. It's pretty much everywhere. They did a pretty good job kind of getting it out there. And I wanted to kind of convey the message to you guys today. And if you have questions, you hit me up. And if I can't get you an answer, I will put you in contact with the folks that can. But your best option, rather than going through me as a middleman, is go to bulldoginitiative.com and click on Contact Us. Again, it's very self-explanatory. But I would like to hear from those folks, let's say Monday, all of a sudden we had this big spike. And it was Boneyard listeners that were to say, you know what, Steve? I can give 20 bucks here. I can give a thousand bucks there. You know, Bulldogs from all, you know, walks of life can be a part of this. And again, your reward in it is you're supporting the team you love. So again, I encourage you to support bulldoginitiative.com.
So with all that said, we're going to name Charlie Winfield today's Prime Shrimp Player of the Day. We love Charlie. Appreciate his efforts. There's a lot to this, man. There's a lot to it. A lot of organization. They've even set up a website, making sure everything is done the way that it should be. Go to primeshrimp.com today. Order yourself some delicious shrimp. They know everything there is to know about the shrimp business. Been in the industry since the 1940s. They will ship great shrimp direct to your door. It's ready to cook, too. You don't have to peel it. You don't have to devein it. You have to pull tails off. Just put on a pot of water to boil. Drop those shrimp in. Next thing you know, you're ready to roll. Be sure and check it out today. PrimeShrimp.com. Four great flavors to choose from. This promotion ends 17 days. End of the month. Or I guess it's 18 days, technically. So that promo code is going to work through July. It's promo code BONEYARD. Save 20 bucks off your first order. You'll be glad you did. PrimeShrimp.com. All right, time for today's top 10 list. Interesting twist on today's top 10 list. We're going to do a, a list of covers. Songs you're familiar with and renditions that maybe you're not. And it's always brought to you by our good friend Blair Chandler. He's my friend. He's your friend. He is a friend to all. He's a friend in the industry. That's a mortgage industry. He has seen it all, done it all in his 21 years of experience, back-to-back years, top 1% close ratio in the country. Works for Fairway Mortgage. They were recently voted number one in customer satisfaction when it came to mortgage lending. It's because they get things done. They hire people like Blair Chandler. They're closers. Coffee is for closers. Blair drinks more than his share. Give him a text or call today at 601-500-2344. That's 601-500-2344. You know, and be, be sure to learn more about Blair by going to closewithblair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Maybe you thought maybe one day we should look into consolidating some debt. Maybe we need to get some cash out to do some home improvements. Blair can help you with every bit of that. Or perhaps the dream of home ownership has eluded you low these many years. If Blair can't get it done, it probably can't be done. And I can tell you this, if he can't do it now, he can put you on a path to get you closer to realizing the dream of owning your own home someday. Again, that's closewithblair.com. All right. We're doing Michael Jackson covers today. You say, Steve, what? Yeah, we're doing rock versions of Michael Jackson's great hits. And some of these are maybe songs that maybe you're somewhat unfamiliar with. We do have a couple duplicates. Roy and I worked on this list extensively today to make sure we could put together a list on Spotify. There's some other versions out there of songs that didn't make Spotify. You know, Metallica did a version of Beat It live. Evanescence has done a live version with Amy Lee. Oh, I love her so much. She's so beautiful. So incredibly talented. Of Dirty Diana. It's incredible, but it's not available on Spotify. So we didn't include those. So those are your honorable mentions. So let's get right to it. Number 10, a band that I had never heard of. Maybe you've never heard of either. It's a band called Goth Minister. And they're a little bit cheesy. That's not true. They're a lot cheesy. And they try to do this over the top, kind of like dress all sinister and everything. And they do kind of a darker version of Thriller. That's your number 10 song. Number nine, and maybe you didn't know this. While Michael Jackson had a huge hit with this song, it was originally demoed by Toto 
and they actually contributed to the recording of Michael Jackson's version on Thriller. That's the song Human Nature. And there is a live version of Toto performing that song. It's going to be on your list. Number eight, a band that I first learned of because of their great song, Buddy Holly. It's the band Weezer. They're still around, which kind of surprises me. They got a pretty cool version of Billie Jean, too. Pretty cool. Number seven, and I always think about that song, you know, I can't, what's the name of that song? Um, the Fall Out Boy track. I'm not going to dig into that. But the, the one about, uh, you know, Thanks for the Memories and all that stuff, that, that's a good track. And then uh, My Songs, Know What You Did in the Dark. It's a great tune. We used to play that at Davis Wade Stadium. They got a pretty cool version of Beat It themselves. It's not the best cover of Beat It, but it's pretty good. Number six, a band that I love. I loved them more when Josie Scott was a singer. Josie's had some addiction issues, and I hope he's doing well now. He and his son are going out together now, doing like acoustic sets and things like that, playing some of the great saliva hits. You say, Steve, who's saliva? Click, click, boom. That's him. So with their new singer, they did a great rendition of Michael Jackson's They Don't Care About Us. And it's really good. I would suggest that it's close if not better than the original. There is, there is a, um, a couple of songs coming up that I think are better than the original. So my favorite rendition of Beat It, the best cover, came out a few months ago. It's from a great band called Ashes to New. If you don't know them, check them out. My favorite tune from them is My Name. I love that song. I think it's almost biographical. Love that track. Love uh, Through It All, Crazy is Good, but their, their cover of Beat It is pretty remarkable. Number four, a band that I love, I told you guys before, that great, we did a top ten list of this band, Shaman's Harvest. Love these guys to death, man. I've gotten to know them a little bit and had a chance to hang out with them a handful of times. And every time I go see them, my buddy Josh always, okay, Steve, what, what are we playing tonight? Give me a song for the set list. It's great, man. They're a great band. They love their fans. And usually when they go play shows, they'll go out and uh, kind of have a beer with everybody and kind of hang out. Just great guys. They, on their great album, Smoking Hearts and Broken Guns, they cover Dirty Diana, and it is absolutely phenomenal. And they kind of blues it up a little bit. It's somewhat true to the original, but they've kind of made it their own tune. Number three, and I love these next three. I don't know how you could argue once you hear them. Now, the number three is off Three Days Grace album, uh, Transit of Venus. And it is the only cover that I've been able to find of this Michael Jackson song. Now, the original track had Slash on it. And the video itself has got Slash and those guys on stage and the bass player from Living Color. Uh, it's given to me by Three Days Grace. This version, the Three Days Grace version, is better than the original. Adam Gautier absolutely eats this vocal alive. It is phenomenal. I can't oversell it. If you like Three Days of Grace and you're unfamiliar with that song, put it on. If you dislike Good Straight Ahead Rock and Roll, put it on. Number two, I would be remiss if we didn't mention the late, great, legendary singer-songwriter Chris Cornell. His stripped-down version of Billie Jean is just haunting. I love it. I think you will love it, too. Be sure and check it out. Chris Cornell's Billie Jean. You probably have heard it before. It's remarkable. But number one, though, because I am a rocker, and I, I venture to say this is the biggest hit for this band, 
it might be the only hit for this band. But when they did it, I think it may have come off like a gag initially. But once they got serious about it, I think people were like, dude, this is serious. It's Alien Ant Farm's Smooth Criminal. The guitar on this is so great. It's pretty basic, but like the the playing itself, how clean and tight it all is, it's it's great. And it puts a completely different, you know, light on the song. And they and like they do the the yelling and that kind of stuff, the Michael Jackson mannerisms and things like that. But uh, that's your top ten. And some bands that will probably never be on the list ever again, and some bands that maybe you were familiar with but didn't understand that they had put together uh, these great covers of Michael Jackson tracks. And so this is mine because I was, when I was riding to get a tattoo yesterday, I listened to Ashes to New, and I was thinking, you know, I know a handful of great Michael Jackson covers. I wonder how many there are. And there are a ton, and most of them are not good. You know, there's some artists you just don't mess with, right? And there's a lot of people that have some varying opinions of Michael Jackson. And I'm not going to sit here and discuss him as a person. But as a artist, he was the king of pop for a reason. And, you know, some people have dedicated complete albums to covering Michael Jackson songs. And, and most of them are just kind of like jazz or kind of acoustic and that kind of stuff. And it just really wasn't my thing. But, um, but all that said... It's pretty cool to see these many of these bands that are very established and uh, very successful kind of pay some tribute to Michael Jackson. So there you go. Michael Jackson rock covers. And you never thought you'd listen to Goth Minister a day in your life, but yet here we are. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart. I love Campus Bookmart. You will too. Great people doing a great job for a great fan base at a great price. Be sure and go check them out when you're in town. Go see their smiling faces, the lovely, talented Susie, Miss Kathy Brown, Miss Pam Minyard. The bully shop has been completely renovated. It's upstairs now, and I have not been by there yet. I keep threatening to go by. I haven't been able to do that. I did share some stuff on social media, how they have changed and kind of expanded. So the selection of Mississippi State merchandise has never been more plentiful at Campus Bookmark. Plenty of room to walk around and shop. So when you're in town on game day, go by and check those folks out. If you can't make it to town, let me encourage you to visit them on the World Wide Web, courtesy of Al Gore's Internet at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that gets you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. You know, a lot of people out there reading ads these days, not a lot of them save you money. And there's one that does. Again, that's campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. All right, while you were sleeping, former, now former Florida State commitment, Chris Parson, decommitted from Florida State. Now, we talked about him yesterday, and I don't know that I could do these shows this length every day because I forget what I talk about, and I got to get out and live a little bit too. But Chris Parson is no longer committed to Florida State. Now, this has been in the wind for a while. And over the course of the last week, there's been a lot more rumors about Chris backing off the decision. And some of that, too, is not just Chris looking for more opportunity. It's Chris kind of being respectful. Now, I'll also tell you this, too. If I'm Chris Parson... You know, they told me, hey, we're going to take one quarterback and their plans have changed, and I'm not comfortable with that. Hey, let's just go ahead and walk away. And so he had his uh, official visit with Florida State. And I guess we back up even more. He went for an unofficial visit to camp, then had the official visit, 
Everybody had a chance to kind of lay their cards on the table. Florida State did, Mike Norbell and the staff did, and Chris Parson did. And so at this point, it is clear that the relationship is non-sustainable. So let's make the call. The call is now made. It's official. And again, this should really come as a surprise to nobody because I've said for some time that we don't expect him to follow through and sign with Florida State because there has been this fracture of the relationship. It's a trust factor involved there, right? I mean, it's like, hey, we're going to do this, and then now we're not. And one of the reasons that Chris committed when he did is because there was some assurance he would be the quarterback in his class. Now, some people, and, and I'm not being critical of anybody, I mean, it's, it's kind of natural reaction. You know, like some Florida State folks said, well, you know, maybe the guy's scared to compete. You know what? And I don't know if that's the case. I don't believe that's the case because you're going to have competition no matter where you go. Nobody signs as a quarterback and walks into an empty quarterback room. There are going to be people there with greater knowledge of the offense, with a working relationship with the staff. So you're going to have competition. And you know what else? Next year, they're going to probably sign another four-star quarterback right behind you. So you're always going to have competition. I don't think that's the issue. I think really it boiled down to, I was told one thing, circumstances have changed, and Coach Norvell and Florida State have to do what they feel is best for their program. And if that's what they believe is to sign two quarterbacks, then that's what they need to do. And if Chris Parson is not comfortable with that, then Chris needs to go somewhere else. So regardless of how anybody feels about it now, Chris is decommitted. So Florida State can go out there, probably get Brock Glenn. That's where it seems to be headed. And I think Brock Glenn's a great quarterback. I think he would have done a great job here. And, again, it goes back to State recruiting them. State was on him really before a lot of other big schools were. But Mike Norvell and those guys, when they were at Memphis, they, they had a working knowledge of him. It's not like Mike Norvell and Florida State are walking into the Brock Glenn sweepstakes completely blindfolded. They know. They know who he is. The guy's really matured a lot. And so now you say, well, Steve, what does this mean? So I'm calling for it now. And Paul Jones and I both crystal balled yesterday. I believe Chris Parson is going to be a Bulldog. I don't think it's going to be just one of these situations that happens very tidy, though. I think what's going to happen now, now that Chris has opened it back up, there will be some schools that maybe have not filled their needs at quarterback and say, hey, well, let's take a swing at Parson. And so does that mean that he takes some other campus visits? Probably so. I won't be surprised either way, but I think it's important to kind of understand that uh, Chris Parson is a very, very, very talented quarterback. Chris Parson is going to have some other suitors show him. Virginia Tech recently offered him. Does he go out to Blacksburg and see those guys? Maybe. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that fits or not, but perhaps it does. I mean, it's not too terribly far from home. But uh, let me share this with you. If you haven't seen it, Chris Parson's official statement yesterday, Florida State has been my favorite school since I was a little kid. I spent a lot of time imagining myself wearing the uniform, but the reality of needing to be in the best place that suits me for my college career has led me to look elsewhere. I wish Coach Norvell and the Seminoles the best going forward, but I am decommitting from Florida State and reopening my recruitment. End quote. Um, I almost got myself in trouble there. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to say it. Uh, But anyway, so Chris now officially back on the market. But let's be honest about this, too. He has not really been truly committed to Florida State since all this talk about other quarterback offers just kind of bubbled up. 
I don't see fault on either side. And that's what everybody always wants to figure out who to blame, what's a sign motive. If Chris Parson committed to Florida State with the understanding he would be the guy in his class, and now they've offered to the quarterbacks, he is right to be upset. Now, he didn't make this just emotional reaction. I understand there were some things he did on social media shortly after it happened, like took all the Florida State stuff off, maybe got in his feelings a little bit. But the flip side of it is, is Mike Norvell has got to do what he thinks is best for the Florida State Seminoles. And there is no one player that is bigger than the program. And that's not just in Florida State. That's anywhere. So you know what? we got to take two quarterbacks. And if that costs us Chris Parson, then so be it. You know, we're Florida State. I mean, we've had four consecutive losing seasons, but we're Florida State. And so I don't think you ever let a, a recruit hold you hostage. And I'm not trying to suggest Chris did that. I think Chris's feelings about what's transpired are very valid. And while I've never heard him say it, let's just kind of put it out there. I'm sure he feels like he was lied to. I'm sure. That may not have been the case. That may not have been their intentions. And maybe they didn't handle it well. Maybe they did. Maybe they communicated it to Chris. And maybe Chris is like, you know what? This isn't what I signed on for. I'm going to look elsewhere. But rather than just get out there and go crazy, you know, Chris did go to camp. He didn't camp, but he went and met with the staff, tried to clear the air a little bit. He could have canceled his official visit then. He didn't. He went ahead and took the official visit and had some more in-depth conversations with him. And I think that shows a level of maturity. Rather than just have this emotional reaction to things, he allowed Florida State to kind of tell their side of things, and then he made a decision. And I support it. And really, again, I support both sides. I, I don't feel like it was a bait-and-switch deal. Mike and them probably got through spring practice and says, you know what, guys? One or two of these guys might need to hit the pool or they're probably not going to play here. So let's go fish. Because that's around the time it started happening, right? Right around spring practice, you know, right? And so sometimes recruiting relationships get fractured. Sometimes it's a very, very, very fragile situation. And so I think it's important to kind of understand both sides of this and not really, you know, shoot darts at either, either side. You know, and the Florida State folks, there are many of them, I've read the boards, many of those people are just like, I'm just kind of happy it's over. You know, it's like, hey, we kind of felt like it was going in this direction and maybe we got encouraged a little bit because he did take the visit, but at least now this is over with. And it's true, it's over. And uh, I, I was told early on, you know, when, when all this first happened, like when Chris Parson first hit the – hit my inbox in 2020, had uh, a friend of the family send me his video and said, hey, man, could you share this with uh, a couple of coaches? It's my buddy's uh, son's kind of he's an up-and-coming quarterback prospect. And, and so I did. And then shortly after that, you know, he committed to Florida State. And like, oh, this has always been his dream school. You know, his whole life he's wanted to be a, a Florida State Seminole. And so it didn't work out. So now we move forward. Now, Mississippi State – He's done a great job, and I understand Mike Leach was on the phone with him yesterday. And that Mike Leach is in contact with him regularly. I've shared with you guys how selective Leach is with his quarterback offers. He's personally involved in the recruitment of these quarterbacks. Now, like when, when Dan was here, Dan was going to decide who we're going to take. Dan didn't decide who we we're going to offer, right? Now, in-state quarterbacks are a completely different deal because if you offer those guys, you better be ready to take them. There's a good chance they're going to jump in the boat. But a lot of times, out-of-state guys would get the offer. Now, Dan wanted to see everybody throw, wanted everybody to come to top dog camp, big dog camp, is what we called it. It'll always be big dog camp to me. 
But so Dan would watch him throw and just kind of figure him out and get to know him as people. So Dan would kind of, you know, pick and choose. But Leach is a lot more exclusive when it comes to quarterback recruiting. You're used to when Dan Mullen would offer a quarterback, well, he could expect two or three other schools to offer the next day because people kind of monkey see, monkey do, right? Well, if Dan Mullen wants that kid, then I want the kid. We run a similar brand of offense. So, hey, Dan can't take them all, but I'll, t- I'll trust his evaluations. And Dan did a pretty good job of quarterbacks when he was here. I think we could all agree, right? Mike Leach's situation is a little different. Mike is rarely the first offer for quarterbacks, rarely. You know, I guess, we're, you know, we, we've done some for 2024. We've kind of gotten out first. But it's a little different dynamic with Leach. But when Leach offers a kid a quarterback, a lot of times he's the guy that delivers the offer. Like, he'll make the call. Or the, you know, the, the area recruiting coach or Drew Howling said, we'll talk to the kid. And then they, they get Leach on the horn, and Leach will tell him, you know, this is what we like about you. This is how we see you fitting into our scheme, and this is why we're offering you. And there is some gravity in that, that the head coach himself has kind of handpicked you. That's a pretty significant deal for a young man. He's like, hey, you know, listen, Mike Leach is the guy, one of the most prolific offensive minds in the history of college football. He wants you to come be his quarterback. And so there are a lot of people looking at State that wouldn't have been looking at us ordinarily. And, you know, quarterback recruiting here has always been a moving target. I wrote that earlier this week. It's really becoming a focus since Mike Leach has arrived. As I wrote yesterday, you signed Chris Parson. That's four consecutive years that Mike Leach has signed a four-star quarterback at Mississippi State, dating back to K.J. Costello, who was a four-star transfer, right? I know he didn't work out, but he was still a a big-time recruit. So when does all this kind of come to fruition? I don't don't know if we know for sure. But he is expected to be here for top dog camp on the 29th. That's 16 days away. If memory serves me correct, his mom's parents live here. He has family here, has cousins here, has some extended family here. That's a a, a bonus. It's not going to be a determining factor, but it's like, hey – I get a chance to go play in the air raid in the Southeastern Conference. I know that I'm going to put up a ton of yards for the same guy who coached the guy that's coaching Kyler Murray in the National Football League, and they're running some of the same fundamental elements of that offense. And a lot of people say that, you know, Chris Parsons' game is similar to that of Kyler Murray. I'm not going to sit here and say they're at the same talent level because I don't believe that's the case. But the skill sets are similar even though Kyler Murray obviously was a, little, a lot more refined at this, this point. But, you know, what's to say that, you know, that Chris Parsons not looking the same way after two years in a weight room, right, after two years on the field? But this guy's a difference maker. This guy could revolutionize the air raid offense, you know, because you look at what Cliff and those guys are doing with the Cardinals for Kyler Murray, it's like the athletic quarterback really changes the dynamic of how people defend the air raid you got to be honest now. Now, those backers can't afford to just bail out. These guys have to be accountable. You put those linebackers in conflict, and you can pick them apart. And we haven't always had that. I think Parson brings that element. And then you look at what you know, some of the quarterback states offer for 2024. It just appears that Leach is maybe a little more agreeable to say, you know what, maybe we don't need a true dual-thread guy. But let me get the better athlete, the better athlete that's very accurate with his passes. Now, there was a lot of misinformation from some of the media, too, about Mississippi State's recruitment of Chris Parson. And I want to kind of – I touched on some of it then, 
but I want to make sure that we understand it today. There was a lot of discussion that, hey, that hey, Chris Parson wasn't a take for Mike Leach at quarterback. Okay, that's completely false. That's completely false. Then there was some discussion that State was going to take Chris as an athlete and maybe move him to another position. That's completely false, too. And I understand that Chris does not fit the mold of the typical Mike Leach quarterback. And, again, I think it, it kind of lends itself to innovation. It shows that Leach is like, hey, listen, if we want to win big here, we've got to tweak things with our personnel a little bit. I mean, and again, I'm not being critical of Will Rogers. Will's not going to beat Chris in a foot race, okay? He's, he's just not. That's just the reality of life. Now, Chris would probably beat Tyler Russell and Will Rogers handily in a foot race, and Will's going to beat Tyler. And I love Tyler to death. That's just not in his tool bag, right? And so as the game has evolved some, I think you're beginning to see Leach say, you know what, we've got to make some changes with that. I think that is very encouraging. I know a lot of people have said Mike Leach is very stubborn and set in his ways. But then you look at the brand of quarterbacks that he's looking at now, and that's not to say that he's been exclusive with this. I mean, you know, Brock Glenn, not a runner by trade, right? You go look at a lot of these guys. that Holstein's committed Alabama, not a runner by trade. Pretty good athlete, but not a runner by trade. So you're still going to go get the Leach quarterback if you can, but they've become a little more open to taking that guy that when things break down or when somebody drops eight, he can just tuck it and go get you five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten yards. And that's what you guys want, right? And so it's a step in the right direction. Now we got to get it done. And there have been some other schools I know that have kind of flirted around a little bit. You know, I'm not exactly sure what Auburn's going to do. We felt like a month ago that Brock Glenn was headed to Auburn. Since Florida State has gotten involved with Brock Glenn, even though Ohio State has been involved with Brock Glenn, Florida State has kind of been the trendy pick. I believe that's the case, and I think it's probably going to happen uh, very soon. I saw some references to a Memphis Commercial Appeal article that he may decide within a week. You know, the, the fact that a quarterback is still deciding this late in the process um, is pretty rare, to be quite honest with you. And people ask me, say, well, Steve, you felt so good about Brock Glenn. What changed? Well, he blew up, for one. I thought we were really close to getting a commitment. Then he started talking about taking visits. And here is when I realized that we were probably in trouble. He goes, okay, I'm going to take four or five visits, right? I'm going to go visit Oklahoma State, this school, whatever. Well, before he could take those visits, like Oklahoma State took a quarterback. And then another school on his list took a quarterback. So rather than seeing his list maybe shrink, we saw it expand. So you would think, okay, well, if I'm down to these five schools, including Mississippi State and Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State takes a quarterback. So then shouldn't I be down to four schools? Well, no, I'm still looking at five. That told me he was not the Mississippi State lean that I think maybe we believe that he was. Because instead of him narrowing his focus on his list of schools – he continued to say, I'm going to take five visits, I'm going to take five visits. Well, if you're convinced Mississippi State is the, the right place for you, then why do you need to continue to add to your travel card, right? Why do you need to keep getting punches on your passport, Brock? And then shortly thereafter, you know, he gets the Auburn offer. His first name is Auburn. His grandfather, a huge Auburn fan, looked great for Auburn. Then he gets the Florida State offer. Then he gets Ohio State offer. And so I cycle back to yesterday 
Clearly, we knew what we were looking at with Brock Glenn, right? Clearly, we did. Because we kind of knew before these other big schools did. So we're on them. And we get no points for second place. So there's nobody's going to call up Mike and say, Mike, hey, you get a free two-point conversion that you can try at any point this year uh, to win a ball game because you guys knew about Brock Glenn first. You know, Brock came to camp last year at a good camp. You know, and so – but this Parson thing is different. You know – as soon as State got involved with Parson, people were thinking, well, wait a minute, why are we offering a Florida State commitment? If this kid is committed to Florida State, it's been his dream school. Why, you know, as selective as Mike Leach is with quarterback offers, why are we involving ourselves in this particular situation? Well, just because there was a fracture. And, and we began to realize that, and I think everybody understood that Chris Parson was eventually going to open this thing back up. And, of course, you know how it works. There are people close – to players before they decommit or before they really open things back up that'll reach out and say, hey, you know, listen, would you guys be interested in Chris? He's considering looking at other options. And those things happen, you know, they, they do. And one of the things I'll tell you about Chris is I have learned, you kind of indirectly, you know, talking to people close to the family, got a couple, you know, a couple guys that know his dad really well. This is a really solid family. And uh, I've read some things out there that I, I don't, I think are kind of beneath what should be posted. Like I've read, oh, you know, his dad's a little league dad. This is going to be a toxic situation. I, I just, I, I, that's not been my experience. And I think some of that is a little bit sour grapes, right? Oh, we're trying to avoid a toxic situation. You know, I don't believe that's the case at all. I think had Mike Norvell in Florida State said, we made a commitment to Chris we're only going to sign one quarterback, so that's what we're going to do. I don't even think – we're not even having this discussion. Most of you don't even know who Chris Parson is, if that's the case. If Mike Norvell and them decide, you know what, we said we're going to take one quarterback, our quarterback is Chris, there would be no you know, talk of, of a toxic situation. There would be nobody taking shots at his dad. You know, I read that somebody earlier had said uh, he was on an FSU thing, the dad was, and made a comment that – it's kind of like going to a bar, and there's three girls there, and you're trying to talk to all three of them, and you end up going home alone, you know, rather than focusing on one. That may be a bit of a crude euphemism, but that's the reality of life. you got to make a commitment at some point. And so I think it's important to kind of understand this has been a complicated situation, and everybody that I know that is close to Chris tells me how difficult this has been because this was his dream. He never expected to have to go back to the recruiting process. When Florida State offered, he thought, you know what, this is what I want to do. It's what I've always wanted to do. This is my dream offer. And that's why he committed when he did. Because he wanted to commit, take advantage of his opportunity, and get to work recruiting and building other cl- the class around him. Which brings me to Santana Fleming. Wide receiver Santana Fleming, an absolute star, a Florida State legacy. Now, I'm not sure how much Florida State has pushed him, but a lot of people have just kind of assumed that Santana Fleming is going to go to Florida State. Now, he and Chris have become very close to the recruiting process. And, of course, Santana's down in South Florida, and Chris has been in Texas and in Ravenwood. You know, So it's not like they hang out all the time, but they've kind of become buddies through social media and showing up at some events together and things like that. So there is the possibility, if Chris comes here, that perhaps he brings Santana with him. And you can say, but Steve... Well, Santana took an unofficial visit to Mississippi State. Had a great time here. Got to know the offense, got to know the staff. 
If you look at his social media right now, his profile picture is him in a Mississippi State uniform. Uh, how much can we read into that? I don't know. But I believe without any question, if Chris Parson commits tomorrow and says, hey, Santana wants to come, then Santana would absolutely be in this class. There's no doubt that you take that kid. And that's why I think it's important. And I was on the Bo Bounce show earlier today, and that's one of the things that we talked about. What are we going to do at receiver? Well, I don't think you do anything at receiver until you get your quarterback. And the reason that I say that is Chris Parson is a high-profile quarterback. He may have some relationships that we don't. There may be some players out there that he's like, hey, very comfortable with. Hey, me and this guy have always wanted to play together. We always want to be teammates. So you wouldn't go out there and just go get a bunch of commitments from a bunch of wide receivers when there are perhaps better options that your quarterback can bring you. I think you get Parson in, and then you have him help you go put this wide receiver class together. That makes the, the most sense to me. And Steve Spurrier is no dummy. I mean, like, I submit to you, Chris, I mean, Steve Spurrier is the best out-of-state recruiter we have, probably followed by Mason Miller. I think Spurrier does a great job selling Mississippi State. I mean, this is a guy, too, that went out there and got Jadavion Clowney and Alshon Jeffrey to South Carolina. You don't think he can go out there and sell a four-star quarterback, former Florida State commitment, hey, he's coming to Mississippi State to run the air raid, and he wants you to come with him? That dog will hunt right there. So I am not the least bit worried about wide receiver recruiting, in the least. I mean, you got Nakai Poole right now. I don't think you take another receiver. Unless, you know, like if Aiden Williams called, you take him, obviously. But I think you let Chris help you with that, assuming you can get it. And, again, I feel good about it right now. If Texas A&M offers, I might feel a little differently. If Texas A&M's kind of been lurking in the background a little bit, I don't know that he fits what Jimbo wants to run, but, I mean, you know, he had Kellen Mond there for four years and, you know, finally made something of him. It took him four years to do it, but he did. You know, I think if, if I'm choosing between the two offenses, I'm picking the air raid if I'm a quarterback, but I'm biased. But all that said, I think it's important to kind of understand kind of what's going to happen if you take Chris and you already have, you know, three or four receivers committed, how do you make room for the prospects that he could potentially bring with him? Well, then you got to go drop a kid. And so I think it's best just kind of hold Pat. Let's kind of focus our energy on Chris. And then if Chris can get you Santana Fleming, and then Chris and Santana can go get you somebody else, I think that's how you play it. I don't think you have to rush. And then people are like, oh, well, we need all these commitments. You know, listen, we're going to pick up some guys in-state over the next couple months. In the next six weeks or so, we're going to see some guys get in the boat. Uh, it's a 23-man class right now. I fully expect it to be 25. And, again, a lot of it's going to depend, you know, when all this legislation passes, you know, about the 85 limit and all that kind of stuff. I'm not worried about numbers. But I'm going to let my quarterback help me put together my wide receiver class. To me, that is good recruiting. And, you know, what you'd like to do, ideally, is get your quarterback in and then help him build the class around himself. Well, we've been fortunate here in the last couple of years because we haven't had to take a quarterback this late. You know, Will Rogers jumped in the boat under Joe Moorhead, never wavered at any point, right? And then you go out and you get Daniel Greek and Sawyer Robertson. Daniel got on the boat right after uh, Mike Leach got here. And then you get Sawyer fairly early on, and then you've got a drawing card. 
Last year, Braden Locke, you know, wanted to get out and travel a little bit. He's another guy that committed fairly early. And so this is a little different scenario because it's a little bit later in the process. But I really believe, you know, once things kind of went south with Brock in Mississippi State, you know, we, we had some other options. We could have went in that direction. But I think you pivot a little bit when a guy of Chris Parsons' ability becomes available. And, again, that tells me that Mike Leach is a guy that's willing to stick and move a little bit. Rather than just say, hey, well, wait a minute, this kid's, you know, committed to Florida State, you know, he's a dual-threat guy. You say, hey, listen, this kid's available. So maybe instead of us going and getting that kid that we had as plan B to Brock Glenn, let's go chase the star that wasn't available to us six months ago. Makes perfect sense to me. And, again, I think this is going to happen. I think it could happen at Top Dog Camp, maybe shortly thereafter. I think, you know, Chris also, too, once he makes the decision, I think that's it. I don't think this is going to be a situation where he is going to um, prolong any of this. I think once he makes a call, he's going to make the call, and that's going to be it. And as of the day, I expect him to be a Bulldog. All right, let's tune up for the final segment of the show, brought to you by Portico. I told you guys before, Brooks Bryan, a great guy, man. Looks like he could still play. I've joked with him before. He told me, he goes, hey, I I think I got one at bat left in me. I said, well, then I'm calling a bunt because I want to see hustle down the line. Uh, we'll have the Jake Mangum effect, you know. So, uh, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Portico. I told you guys many times if I was moving to Starkville now, it's where I would move. I mean, that's not just a line; that's what I mean. I would love to be closer to campus. It's 1.1 miles away. I'm out here in the sticks, and I love it out here. But I would like to be closer to campus because sometimes I think, do I really want to eat today? Do I really want to drive all the way to town? Uh, that happens. It'd be nice to be near the action. But you're on the quiet side of campus, too, at Portico. I mean, you again, you're 1.1 miles away, but you're on the back side, the quiet side, tucked up in a neighborhood there. So you have the, the convenience of campus without maybe the craziness of campus. That's really cool. All your friends are going to want to come stay with you. And isn't that great, too? Isn't that one of the reasons you want to be up here anyway? And that way, you know, your brother, your sister, whoever, they can bring the kids up and everybody can come stay at your place, have a bit of a reunion. Maybe it's your ballgame weekend retreat. Maybe it's your primary residence. Portico is going to have a place that fits your needs. Now, phase one is completely sold out. Phase two, under under construction now. I believe he said 10 houses are being built now. A couple of those are already sold. So if you want to buy one now, they're going to be close to completion sooner rather than later. Now, if you're thinking, you know what, Steve, I don't have to be in any big hurry. You can pick out a lot. You can pick out your housing plans and have a custom build. Give Brooks a call today, and if you're looking to relocate in this area and your real estate agent hasn't mentioned Portico, you need to ask why. 601-416-8075. Again, that's 601-416-8075. Let Brooks go to work for you. You know, you always wanted to be here anyway, you know, so it's like we've always thought about it. Get some information. Kind of wet your whistle a little bit. You, this is where you want to be. Stop putting it off. Make Portico your next move. All right, let's talk some more recruiting. Uh, it's that time, man. It's like, this, you, you, it's like when's next commitment? Well, I, I think it's five days from now with Joe Crocker. Joe Crocker from Franklin Road Academy there on the outskirts of uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Announcing on the 18th. And so doing some, you know, some analysis, I guess, of the situation. You know, I've been doing this 25 years. There are a lot of people that, you know, we were doing this back when we had to kind of go through the phone book. I remember one time there was a kid named Jonathan Booth at Collins High School. I loved his game. And that's back, you know, in the, 
you know, in the Sylvester Croom era that we ran a fullback. I wasn't sure if he was a fullback or, you know, a jumbo tailback. You know, was he kind of like a Michael Davis, Koki Griffith type guy? Didn't, just wasn't sure. But I loved his game. And this is like when very few people had social media. And so he didn't have anything on social media. And so I'm going through a Collins phone book and calling everybody with the last name Booth to try to get a hold of Jonathan Booth. And so I finally found somebody that knew him, and he goes, hey, yeah, here, here's their number. And so I called them. And so nowadays, it seems like everybody has kind of jumped in. You know, again, I hate to be that get-off-my-lawn guy, but there are a lot of people that consider themselves, you know, experts in the industry that weren't around in the infancy of the industry, you know, that we helped make this thing great. And so I appreciate everybody that's kind of come on, but uh, a lot of people hadn't paid their dues. And so what we had to kind of depend on back then was learning to read the tea leaves. So let me share with you some things about Joe that I think, I mean, just, you know, call this an expert opinion. And so let's go back and look at what's happening with Joe. So Joe took an official visit to Wisconsin, took an official visit to Mississippi State, took an official visit to Michigan State. Now, there are some discussions out there that Wisconsin might be full at offensive line right now. Might not be. I think part of that, too, is Joe is not interested in going there. Now, I could be totally wrong. I could be. But reading the tea leaves here, the thing that I've always noticed is, like, if I can't get a hold of a kid, I assume other people can't. But when I go look at his profile here, I mean, Joe Crocker is committing in five days. And there's not an article from the Wisconsin publishers. And you got to go back a ways. Yeah, I'm sitting here looking at the profile now. So if you think Wisconsin had had any confidence it was going to be him, why wouldn't they have some articles? Why wouldn't they be trying to kind of, like sometimes we do an advance article, like we'll interview a kid in advance of his commitment. That's why you see the article goes up right away. We've already got the commitment, right? We've already got the notes. And we just wait, let the kid break his moment, then we release our story. So there just hasn't been a lot of Wisconsin traction in the media when it's come to Joe. You know, I'm looking back here. The last time that Wisconsin had an article that mentioned Joe was back on June 24th. It was kind of a, a mailbag article. And they're kind of going through, kind of answering questions. You know, and so on June 24th, they gave the odds of Joe Crocker joining the class of 65%. I think Crocker's been the best OL on Wisconsin's board for quite some time. I guess this comes down to MSU or UW. Now, I'm sure he's referencing Michigan State because that's really their moniker, MSU. But there wasn't an interview with the kid. Now, I've got the kid's phone number. He'll answer your texts and calls. So why hasn't Wisconsin had a story with him? You know, and it's not like our Wisconsin side is just a ghost farm. You know, uh, they interviewed him back on June 5th, 
after his official visit, but they haven't interviewed him since then. So I don't, you know, what does that say about their chances? Now, Michigan State had an interview with him after his official visit. But looking at their their last reference of him in an article, and usually if there's an article, I mean, you know, it's not like a message board post where you kind of put speculation and guesswork and things like that. So they kind of handicap it like this. Crocker named a top three consisting of Michigan State, Mississippi State, and Wisconsin, took official visits to all three schools in June, has a July 18th commitment date set. There have been rumors that Wisconsin is full and will no longer be taking another O-line in a class. If those reports are accurate, it's actually a two-team race. Michigan State, Mississippi State. Right now, Michigan State appears to be monitoring the decisions of some other top priorities and should have a good feel whether they have room for Crocker prior to decision date. So, So again, reading the tea leaves here, if this report is to be believed, now that we're getting to the approaching uh, decision date, now it's like, well, I don't know if we're going to have room. And usually that's what people say when, you know, and I'm, I'm just talking about sources. I'm not, I'm not in any way casting aspersions at any of these, uh, these writers because, I mean, everybody's working their hard to make a living just like me. But that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me that if, that if, if a kid is fixing to announce, neither of those sites have had a story with him recently. Now, we had one, you know, when we've had, Paul and I have had several updates, you know, with him. Um, Steve Wolfong from the network had a short article with him back on July 2nd about, um, about the actual announcement date. When I interviewed him, he told me, you know, he had a date in mind, wasn't quite ready to share that yet. So looking back here, you know, a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, um, interesting little article here about kind of uh, buy or sell crystal ball trends. And this is a good idea for an article. Maybe we'll adopt this too. Is what about Joe Crocker to Wisconsin? The crystal ball at that point had 67% Wisconsin, 33 Mississippi State. I was the 33. Wisconsin felt really good about Joe Crocker out of that official visit the weekend of June 3rd. Michigan State appears to be slow playing Crocker. The thought was a three-star offensive tackle would end up in the Big Ten, but now there's some noise around Mississippi State. Would have thought this is a recruitment Wisconsin should win, given their track record with offensive linemen. Crocker has spoken highly of offensive line coach Bob Bostad and the player development in Madison. His relationship with the Bulldogs might be just as solid, plus there's an opportunity for early playing time. I haven't moved my crystal ball prediction, but I am less confident than I was earlier in the month. You see what I'm saying? So there's a reason these guys aren't picking up the phone and calling this kid. I think we all know why. I think because we all realize that he is uh, headed to Mississippi State. Now what's interesting, we talk about those crystal ball trends. The guy that wrote those last two articles for Badger 247, our Wisconsin site, the guy's name is Evan Flood, does a great job. Uh, he recently changed his crystal ball pick from Wisconsin to Mississippi State. The long holdout is Steve Wolfong, and he made his pick for Wisconsin back Right after the visit to Wisconsin, he picked Wisconsin. What a conference level of six. So now there have been four picks made. Our Michigan State people have not stepped in and offered a prediction. 
But Paul Jones and I both have Mississippi State and now Evan Flood, our Wisconsin publisher. So that makes me believe Wisconsin's not the factor because Evan Flood obviously would have suggested otherwise. So you start breaking it all down and you start kind of putting all this together in a picture here. And all the recent crystal ball picks have favored Mississippi State. Now, one of the things that I go back to is that, you know, one of the things that, that Joe told me, it's a long way from home. Talking about he was getting ready to go visit Michigan State. And he was like, you know, during the summertime, that's a long way from home. And he said that is kind of off the cuff. And it's true. When you're from Nashville, I mean, you can get to Nashville in, what, four hours or so from Starkville? Your parents can come to games in Nashville. It's kind of equidistant between a lot of the teams you're going to play. You know, you get, parents got a chance to come to the ball game. You know, it's like you look at the Chris Parson thing, too. You know, if Chris's parents want to come to every game at Mississippi State, they don't even have to get a hotel room. They can stay with the grandparents, right? And so I think that is something – I think geography is going to play a big deal in this. And it's kind of like we talked about before. It's easy to be committed to a school way out of state in June. It is. Kind of like we saw with DeCarlos Nicholson last year. You know, he flipped from state to Kentucky. We thought he was going to go to Florida State. And, and had he committed to Florida State, he might have stuck with them. But he commits to Kentucky, and it's like there's a kid from Petal. It's like all of a sudden you get to December, and you're like, wait a minute, i got to leave to go to Lexington, Kentucky, and that snow? I don't know if I want to do that. I think this situation follows that one in that respect. It's like Joe is getting ready to announce in five days. Now, all of a sudden, there's not any media attention from Michigan State or Wisconsin. Wisconsin publisher has flipped his prediction from Wisconsin to Mississippi State, and the only Wisconsin pick is over a month old. On the heels of the official visit to Wisconsin, a lot's changed since then. He's taken two other official visits. So, again, kind of reading the tea leaves here, I think it trends maroon, and we'll see how things go. Uh, also, too, you guys are maybe unaware of this, but uh, they're putting the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star team together right now. You should expect the Bulldogs to be well-represented. I think State has a real good chance to, to really dominate the team and dominate the state this year. I think there is a really good chance that all the kids committed to Mississippi State make the team. I, I, I can't say that I know that for a fact, but I believe that's going to be the case. I think what you're going to see – is kind of that maroon tidal wave. Now, now uh, Get Perkins is going to make team. I would put him running back. I think he's perfect for these all-star type games because of the great individual effort. He's got to block for him a little bit. But when you look at state's in-state commitments, and there are six, I think all six of these guys will likely make the team. I, I, I would just about – I won't say I guarantee it, but I would almost be willing to put money on that you know, that all six of those guys make the team. Uh, Dante Kelly, of course, Kelly Jones, I, I think Kelly makes it uh, probably a corner because there's not a lot of corners in the state. Uh, Jalen Abram, I, I, does he play safety? Does he play corner? I think he's easily one of the top five defensive backs in the state of Mississippi, so you, I think you got to take him. Joseph Head is a phenomenal edge rusher. And Malik Ellis and Ty Jones. Ty Jones one of the biggest athletic freaks in the state. And Malik – I mean, to me at this point, there are two SEC linemen, could potentially be a couple more as we kind of get into the season. But I think you're going to see State very well represented in the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game this year. I think, I think when it's all said and done, the majority of the kids that commit to an in-state program 
are going to be either state or so the Miss kids. Because, you know, Ole Miss is kind of abandoned the state, and that's not me taking a shot at them. It's their strategy. But it's a pretty good year in state. We don't have the headliners maybe that we haven't had in recent years. I think initially I thought it was going to be a good year, maybe a pretty good year. I think we have the ability for this to actually be a really good year, maybe not a great year, but I think we have a really good year, and I think that's good for Mississippi State. I think when you have the Jeffrey Simmons and the A.J. Browns of the year, D.K. Metcalf in one class, it brings all these out-of-state schools into Mississippi. And it's like, oh, well, since I've got to go to Starkville and Oxford and Knoxville County, well, let me run down to Meridian. Let me get to Hattiesburg. Let me get to Oak Grove. So I think what happens is you don't have as much competition for players 10 through 20, whereas in years past, you would. So the headliners sometimes are a good thing from a ranking standpoint, but also, too, I think it brings it brings more hooks into water. And so this is a good year, I think, for State. And, again, I think this could be a difference-making class, but I think many of the difference-makers may come from out of State. I think we're going to fill just about all our defensive needs in State. You may have to go out there and get an interior defensive lineman either from junior college or from the portal. But I think outside of that, I think you can fill your needs. I think you feel good about what you've got at DB right now. You're not done. I wish we would take another swing at Jaleel Fleming from Vicksburg. I like that kid a lot. I think that would help with Caleb Bryant too. Uh, but the reality of it is the process is still unfolding. I think State's going to do really well. And I think, again, it's a Mississippi first mentality uh, there's some kids that I would have offered sooner than we have, and there's some kids that we haven't offered that I would have. I think it's one of those things you have to go get. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think it's a situation where you can just feel like, okay, well, we can finally get to those kids. I, I think we got to be first. That's just – that we've got to be first. They're, it's our kids. It's in our state. And listen, I get it. you got to be ready to take them. But – and if there's some kids, maybe you want to see them run. I understand that too. But the tape doesn't lie. The tape doesn't lie. And I think it's important that you understand that. Uh, I, I still look at this Quindarius Jones thing, the kid from Meridian. I kind of blame myself a little bit, too. I didn't know more about him. The kid commits to Florida State. And everybody's like, wait a minute. Oh, that's him. The first time I saw this kid in person, I'm like, holy smoke, how in the world were we not his first offer? You have to be first. And, you know, and that's one – if I can say there's one thing that I can be a little bit critical about our recruiting approach this year – is there a couple guys out there we should have got out first? Absolutely should. Like Dante Dowdell, and a lot, a lot of people are like, you know, Steve, the kid's committed to Oregon, probably not going to stick. Uh, I think if Mississippi State had pushed him early on, he would have committed to Mississippi State. And I've gotten that on, on some authority. I think State waited around in a situation kind of soured, and I don't know that you can kind of cycle your way back into it now. I, I, think, I think the bridge is burned in that respect. you got to get out first. When you've got a guy, it's a no-doubter. Listen, I get it. It's, well, is he running back? Is he a linebacker? Well, the same for Ty Jones, right? Is he a running back? Is he a linebacker? Is he a defensive end? But you took him anyway because you know he's a great football player. you got to go get him. You have to. And then you supplement out of state where you're maybe deficient with the in-state talent pool. Like, we don't have a quarterback in state this year that I believe is a bona fide SEC guy. Now, you could make the case for Howard, right, for Mac Howard. He's committed to Utah. I like his game. I thought early on, I thought we might go ahead and offer him and get that thing done. We didn't. I don't know why 
they didn't like him. But you know what? I'm not going to question Mike Leach when it comes to quarterback offers. Look at what he's done. He knows what he wants, and if he had wanted Mack Howard, he would have got him. He would have offered him. Not going to sit here and guarantee the kid would have committed, but I think when he's at Heritage Academy and you offer him, chances are you're going to get him. But we didn't for whatever reason, and I'm not being critical of that. Again, I'm not going to question Mike Leach, but when I look around the state, I look at some of these other guys out there, you know, and I understand there's some guys you want to work out and see where they fit position-wise, but when you've got a guy that's a difference maker, you got to get out first. You know, and that's one of the things that happen with John Havasey sometimes. And, and listen, I, John was a great offensive line coach for us. I think a lot of John Havasey, I really do. Wasn't a great recruiter, though. And one of the things that would happen with John sometimes, it's like, well, you know, I want to recruit this kid, but I want to see him in camp. Well, you could offer him and just not take the commitment, right? You could offer the kid and say, hey, man, you got the offer. We want to get you to get into camp. And, and sometimes we would want to get these kids into camp, and it's like, hey, hey, I want to offer you, but I want to get you in camp first. And some of these kids were like, well, Alabama and LSU didn't need to see me in camp. They offered me. So why would I go to camp at Mississippi State when I've got offers from Alabama, LSU, or Auburn, or whoever? And so that bit us sometimes. And so I want to make sure that didn't happen again. I think we've got to make sure when we have guys that we know that project well at their position, that we know can play at this level, we have to be first when it comes to the state of Mississippi. No doubt about it. And that's my rant for today. If you hadn't done so, go to dogpilebook.com and you can get all four of my sports books. That's Flim Flam, Alpha Dog, Stark Villains, and Dogpile. And that's the second edition. First edition completely sold out. So uh, you can get the second edition. It's a new edit. A couple things we cleaned up there. And a lot of people said, ah, you know, Stephen kind of turned off on baseball. We'll get turned on again. And remember that we won an AFL championship. Go get you a signed copy of Dogpile. We'll buy it in great bookstores, but you can get it personalized from the website if you'd like. If you're looking for Blooms of Oleander, my book of poetry and uh, some life lessons and things like that, it's a little different than what I've done. It's a non-sports book. You can get that at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, BooksMillion.com. And also, too, as always, find all your Stark Villain gear at StarkVillains.com. Join the brand, rep the brand, be a part of our team at StarkVillains.com. That's it for today. We'll see you guys on Friday. It's so good to be back in the, uh, in the Internet community. So great to see you all and uh, look forward to visiting again very, very soon. And remember, I'll be recording from the road, so sound quality might be off a little bit. I'll do the best we can. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.